Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I think I promised you last episode that we would jump into a very famous verse today, and that's exactly what we're going to do because we are in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. So let me read the verse. You're going to recognize it immediately. And wow, there's a reason why it's famous. Uh, Listen carefully. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money. This is one of the more famous verses in the Bible. And I would say, John, is probably one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. Yeah, it sure is, Pastor, how that people try to take this verse sometime and talk some, I've heard people use it, the money is, money is the root of all evil. They take that approach that, you know, that some people really emphasize, you know, being poor is what pleases God. I've actually heard people, you know, speak about that issue. Uh, they misquote the Beatitudes, misquote this verse here, and try to say that poor is really the only way you can please God. That's not what the verse is saying at all. It's saying that person who loves money, that mentality we've been talking about even in the last episode, that mentality is one that's going to pull you away from God. It doesn't lead to godliness. Yeah, I was saying yesterday, my son Nathaniel has made this uh, his his life's work, and he tells me that I forget how many thousands of verses in the Bible have something to do with finances, and finances aren't wrong in and of themselves. It's their resources, like everything that you have, like your energy, like your um, like your skills and gifts. We have resources; they're tools that we use for God. There are people in the Bible that were wonderful examples of Christians that had nothing. There were people in the Bible that were wonderful examples of Christians that had much, like Solomon and and Job and others. The point is not what you have, it's what you do with what you have, and it's what you want. The Bible says that when we're driven by a love for money, and really the love is not for the money, is it? The, the lo- it's not that I love pictures of dead presidents and I want to surround myself with them. No, it, it's that we love what that money will get us, whether it be the things it buys us or the status that we achieve because of it. But it's a love for stuff and station. Really, a love for money is just another way of saying I love myself. It sure is. It's, it's self-indulgence. It's focused upon self. It's pride, the lust of the flesh. You know, you think of all the lust a person has, people often want to have more lust fulfilled by having more things and be able to spend more money to just live in pleasure. But the life of pleasure that the people live sometimes is not the life that Jesus tells us to live. It's not the life that God wants us to live. But sometimes when we get into a culture where we have plenty then our minds really get focused more upon pleasure. We have found this throughout history. And God even warned Israel, Israel, you're going to come to place someday in the land of Canaan. You will then have plenty thing, plenty that I've given you, but you're going to forget about me because of all your material things. And that is the temptation of the human heart to forget God and live for material things whenever we live in a land of abundance. And a love for and a focus upon material things is 
what the Bible calls essentially a, an erring of, a departure from the faith. But we're called to live by faith. We're called to trust God. We're called to seek his kingdom. And a love for money is antithetical to all of that. Then the Bible says we pierce ourselves through with many sorrows. Because when you love money and pursue money and then sometimes get money, what you find out is that you get what you want, you get what it buys you, but you don't want what you get. And uh, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. The thing about the benefits of this world is they have a bad aftertaste. The thing about the blessings of God is no bad aftertaste. And it goes back to what you said earlier, Pastor, that a person can have money like Abraham, Solomon, you know, Joe, many great men of God throughout history and women of God throughout history have had money, but they had it with the right mentality. You know, they didn't hold their money as if that is what they had to have in life. And God's blessed them. They've been good stewards of that money. But people that have money and they've got to have it, and that's what controls them, they often worry about their money. You know, I've got to get more money. They're checking, you know, the stocks, you know, how their stocks doing? You know, what kind of interest rate am I getting? And they're really often weighed down because of what they have. It just does bring them many burdens. It's not wrong to have stuff, but it's wrong for stuff to have you. And I think that's the, the pithy way to understand verse number 10. Verse number 11, but thou, so in contrast to those that are pursuing money, those that are entering into that trap, those that are erring from the faith, those that are piercing themselves through with all the sorrow, Timothy, don't be that way. But thou, O man of God, you're a man of God. You're not a man of this world. You're not a man of material. You're a man of God. But thou, O man of God, uh, flee these things. But anytime there is a, a toxic and powerful besetting sin, God says, you better run, a flee fornication. Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife. Flee these things. And don't just run randomly. Don't just say, okay, I guess I just won't be a pursuer of money, so I'll just be a homeless guy that doesn't make money and lives off the land or whatever. That's not what the Bible's teaching. The Bible's saying, flee these things, but follow after. So run with a purpose, and here's what you ought to follow after. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Chase these godly ideals. Chase the things that are a matter of your character and your walk with God. These are the priorities you ought to have, Timothy. This verse reminds us it's not enough to just put away that which is wrong, but we have to actively seek that which is good. And Solomon reminds his uh, his son in Proverbs chapter 4 about he needs to pursue wisdom, uh, how that that is what will truly bring him to the place in life he needs to be. And so Paul, you know, I have to love how that Paul calls Timothy, he calls Timothy, O man of God. That had to just resonate with Timothy when he got this letter from Paul and Paul calls him this and he says, Timothy, here's what you have to do. You have to be actively following these things in your life. That is how you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's the principle of replacement. And that is, we're not called just to say no to things. We're called to a greater yes. And Paul is identifying for Timothy here the greater yes in these ideals that he listed in verse number 11. Verse number 12 The metaphor he uses, in verse number 11, the metaphor is one of running and following, pursuing. Verse number 12, the the metaphor is one of fighting. So fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. 
whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Eternal life is a quality of life. It's a life that is ours, our possession, at the moment of our justification. And what Paul is essentially saying here is, Timothy, live the life that you have. Uh, be the person that you are. Uh, ye were these things, but now ye are call- now you're called, now you're sanctified, Paul told the Corinthians. So live like who you are. Hey, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we have eternal life, then let's live the quality of the life that we have. And I love that principle that we find throughout, really, the Word of God, this idea about eternal life, that it is the possession now of the believer. They have that quality of life. They can live for Jesus Christ. We don't have to just muddle through the nasty now and now to get the sweet by and by someday. But today, we can live a life that glorifies God, a life of great joy, meekness, all the things Paul just mentioned. We can live a life that pleases God because we are sons and daughters of God. We sure are. And I think I'm going to stop there for right now. Um, but uh, wow, what, what, a, what a passage that is and what a challenge uh, that is for each one of us. Uh, we're going to do the best we can uh, next episode to kind of finish up uh, the chapter. So uh, pray for us. We've got a little chunk left, but I think we'll be able to do it. Thank you for joining us. It means a lot to me that you would uh, tune in. Looking forward to uh, tomorrow's episode. Uh, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.